Hi, my name is Michael Williams, and I'm here today with Alexander Timothy for another episode of Understanding Politics Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about antitrust, uh, especially in the American politics frame. Uh, kind of what's been the politics behind it, uh, why antitrust came onto the scene, and uh, most importantly, what are the solutions for today? I mean, we've had in the past, you know, companies like Standard Oil, Andrew Carnegie's U.S. Steel, and, you know, Alexander Graham's Bell Telephones now became AT&T. They famously got broken up in the 1980s. Uh, but the question today has been posed by a lot of people in the media, a lot of people squarely in the Democratic Party, even some uh, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, some more Rand Paul, even libertarian aspects of the Republican Party, have kind of become aligned against uh, big tech and um, kind of see that they're more or less stifling innovation than creating it. So it's a big problem in America, and we just wanted to talk about it today because it's something that uh, doesn't get talked about a lot or maybe even in-depth as it should when it comes to uh, congressional debates, uh, presidential debates, even senatorial debates. So uh, we just wanted to cover uh, some basic topics about it, uh, what we think about it, of course, and uh, just some other things. So, uh, Alex, you want to get us started? Yeah, so the first thing we're gonna, we'd like to talk about is, uh, obviously, there's a lot of critics of antitrust laws. There's always an argument that can be made. The Founding Fathers never intended for the government to be as involved in uh, businesses as a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the government has been with uh, monopolies recently. So, so um, yeah, so the argument there is obviously a valid one, and, and people make that point a lot, but I think me and Michael might have a, a different perspective. So, well, I think people will go right to the Interstate Commerce Clause in the Constitution, kind of, um, and even some of the rulings before, you know, FDR packed the Supreme Court that uh, government doesn't have the right to pick winners and losers in our markets. Mm. And uh, I just think time and time again, uh, that's been a false pretense, as we've seen in history. Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, the oil industry, we went in and we broke up Standard Oil, who had the market share of 90% in the uh, 1920s. And now, you know, today, I think the biggest com the biggest company in America is ExxonMobil, and that's a 23% of market share. So again, nothing compared to the 90%. And we've seen, you know, you drive around American towns, the, the problem now is not, I guess, market share, but it's price gouging. It's it's also kind of the way that uh, government uh, funds these oil companies and subsidies. There's a lot of broken, uh, some, some would say, you know, campaign finance laws uh, has a lot of play into that. But it's also, I think, um, we've kind of, we're a little bit weary coming off of the 2009 economic crisis and now 2020 and COVID of kind of saving business over people because we know in the long run we can get more out of the businesses than the people if they have the capital per se. Uh, it's just a very uh, neoliberal kind of uh, big big market uh, way of thinking. But I think the uh, ultimate point that we wanna make about antitrust is that uh, <laughs> really besides you know the iPhone, you know when when's the last time we've had like a great uh, American innovation when it's come to tech? Uh, you look at Facebook, you look at uh, Instagram, which is now owned by Facebook, um, which is a big problem. Um, you look at Microsoft, you know, early 2000s, Windows, you look at Apple, 
we're kind of going like 10, 11 years that we've really seen like a big uh, technological innovation. And I don't know. Some people make the case that the internet is, you know, as big as it's going to get. But I think that, you know, and Pramila Jayapal laid this out so clearly when she had her uh, hearing about antitrust in uh, early uh, 2021. And she invited, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, um, uh, Jeff Bezos. I really recommend listening to that. I think... I think it was like a five hour long hearing. It was just absolutely crazy. And it's something that we're not going to get in a Democratic or in a Republican Congress, um, straightforward, just because those party, those interests are more aligned with big tech. Not that the Democrats have made any great movements on big tech either. I mean, the Facebook had a lawsuit in 2020, but really nothing came out of it. I mean, Joe Biden, his biggest accomplishment is appointing Lena Khan to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission which uh, really we haven't seen any fruits come from it. So um, I, I don't know. I mean, it just it doesn't look like something's going to get done on it in the future, not to sound like completely doomer, but I do, I do think there's a really big interest there to come in and regulate it. What do you think? I think that what you brought up with uh, big tech, especially in the past 10, 12 years, uh, with Microsoft, with Meta now, um, is that these the thing with like, text social media is that these these things are there there's like an argument to me and i think that they brought this up there was a lawsuit against microsoft in the 90s or the early 2000s where basically the argument was made that people weren't using microsoft because it was the only option it's because they liked the software and they liked what you know what they could do with it Mm -hmm. so that argument i think would carry along to facebook instagram because those are just people like to use what they're used to um but obviously facebook and meta have uh, not not exactly a monopoly, but they're one. They're, they're two of the biggest, uh, um, you know, social media platforms there are around the world. I mean, you have like what two billion users on Facebook, something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, it's 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 it's. I, I wouldn't say it's as big of a problem. It's obviously still a problem uh, in terms of them having some of a monopoly, but I don't think it's as much of a monopoly because you do have other social media sites uh, that mm. are successful. Like, I don't know. Mm-mm. I think I think um, here let's let's break this up for our listeners. I think social media there's definitely a monopoly in social media. I don't know about tech like iPhone, Apple, uh, certain like gadgets, um, the iOS system. You know, <clears throat> I don't think there's you know another great iOS system out there that's going to innovate better than Apple. Um, but I do think uh, we have WhatsApp. We have um, what is what is the like thing that liberals snap, are Snapchat, to push? Twitter. Yeah. All sorts um, of stuff. What else was the other? Macedon. Uh, oh, right. Out. But the problem is that... Truth social. Facebook, yeah. <laughs> Parlor, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can go back and forth. There's so many, you know, different contenders. And I think people are just so familiar with Twitter and Instagram. But they have such a lock on the market share because of the advertising they make. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I have the stat right here, but Facebook... Uh, Meta now, because Meta owns Facebook and Instagram, that's 64% of the social media market. Um, for example, U.S. Steel, you know, got broken up famously by FDR and the New Deal. Um, you know, 60% they owned the U.S. Steel market. So um, the company's name was U.S. Steel, but they owned 60% of the market. Um, but because of the, the Sherman Antitrust Act, which was written in 1890, there's no clear provision about how to prosecute these tech companies. And I think that's a huge problem. 
I also, um, do you have anything to add to that? I, I was just going to say something in one of your social media points, but you can, yeah. you can... Oh, okay. I just wanted to pitch this to you. I, I also did a couple of research on this. Um, a quarter of all um, local newspapers have gone out since yeah. 2005. Yeah, that's true. And a third are looking to go out by 2025. So, <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> I've, I've heard this in a lot of other podcasts, but this is a huge loss for... Um, sometimes city politics, city council, uh, especially big cities like New York, Los Angeles. Um, if you think about back to like two or three months ago, there were a couple of LA city council members that got ousted because of some behind the door racist comments that if we didn't have great journalists in there, we would never know. Um, there's all kind of corrupt dealings, even at the federal level in Congress. If we didn't have great local newspapers in Washington, D.C., uh, people people would just not know. Um, I mean, some of it is corporate media. Some of it is independent media. I mean, Bernie was more famously known in 2020 for um, trying to invest more money in uh, publicly funded um, newscasts, um, trying to create even something more than NPR, which was uh, famously created under Harry Truman. Um, you know, something that uh, liberals have kind of shied away from because... Uh, quite frankly, they've lost the case on Citizens United. They've lost the case on that uh, free speech. Free speech is um, is um, something that corporations have the right to. Uh, famously said in the case, foreign entities have the right to. Um, curtailing even some inaccurate free speech hurts all free speech. That was, you know, basically Justice Kennedy's um, conclusion in that case. So I just wonder... What you think about, should we trust, you know, government media? Because they think about how they would crack down on COVID, you know, stuff like that. People, we already see on Instagram, like, you post something about COVID and there's already, like, a disclaimer. COVID-19 Resource Center. Yeah. Yeah. The corporations are already trying to crack down on it. (laughs) Because they they realize, too, like, the government, that it's an interest worth worth protecting, I think. Mm -hmm. If you want to make the case for the government. So... What do you think, Alex? Well, I will that? get to that point. I do have two other things I want to bring up from, from what you said. <clears throat> um, the 64% of uh, profiles, going back to Facebook meta, I think that that's a valid statistic, and it does show that they do have a lot, a majority of social media users are uh, using those platforms. But I would I would propose to you, just, just, just as an idea, if you had, a, a, I feel like breaking things up, in like antitrust laws, aren't the same with social media sites because then you're hypothetically, if you're going to break this up, you are going to have different, all these different social media sites. And I think one of the biggest draws of social media is that uh, everyone's on the same community together. So I don't know if, if it works the same with social media platforms as it would with other things. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up is with local news and, 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 and I'm in agreement with you. That's it's, it's awful to be losing so much local news and everything's being concentrated in bigger um, <clears throat> news outlets. Uh, a lot of local newspapers are, they're forced to jack up prices or they're forced to go completely online. And a lot of uh, the, the primary demographic for a lot of older or, or, uh, newspapers is, you know, older people, middle-aged people who maybe aren't as enthusiastic about going online to read their news. I mean, uh, the, the Buffalo News, which uh, Buffalo is one of the cities near where, where we live um, <clears throat> in New York. And, and there's, um, 
you know, if you look at the comments on their social media from, you know, we're doing an online option now. There's all these comments. People are complaining about where are the comics? Why is everything online? And it's mostly middle-aged people. And it just shows that, un- unfortunately, they're forced to change with the times. And uh, sometimes the, the, uh, the consumer base isn't a huge fan of that. Yeah. Well, to add on to uh, what you're saying, too, it's also the, the companies have gotten so smart because they know the rules because legislation on antitrust hasn't been passed since the 1920s, really. Good, good, um, trans, or fundamental change legislation. Uh, for example, you know, all like uh, news media, you know, corporate news media, you, they've they become smarter and breaking up the monopolies. And they've kind of, um, oh, it's like, it's like this capitalist, um, it's like, it's not a, it's not a monopoly, but it's like, there's like four or five good contenders we yeah. see this with cars. We see this with news. It's like, you know, you have Ford, Chevy, Nissan, um, you know, name like another um, Chrysler. Like those four, those four car makers take up like 70% of the industry and they all charge basically the same price. They all make the same profit margins for the same car and they all like basically have the same designs. Now is that, you know, is that, you know, um, there's no real breakthroughs in cars or is it, you know, firms working together to keep, you know, their profits the same, you know, making sure everyone gets their slice of pie at the end of the day. Is that stagnation? We see it in news media too. CBS, you know, NBC, um, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, you know, they make up like 80% of the political landscape and there are only five news stations for 330 million people. That's, that's, you know, that's crazy. I mean, the thing is, if you think about it like that though, and then you go... You go and look at other countries, you know, it's it's just not the same with how, you know, in Germany they have they have like five times more of the public funding for their news than we do here. Right. And it's more it's more there is there is no um uh it's it's really hard to like I don't know yeah, not we, vertically integrate horizontally, it's horizontally integrated because they've effectively made sure that every company has their slice at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Oh, about social media. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I just think um, the thing is that we have to like realize that advertisements are like driving social media and like the harmful like algorithms. I don't know. I mean, it's it's their right. The thing is, could you imagine the Supreme Court like trying to rule if like algorithms are constitutional or unconstitutional? <clears throat> Like Orrin Hatch didn't even know how Twitter or Facebook made their money. They're like, yeah. How like, do we how do we end Finsta? Well, yeah, that was that's... something somebody said in that hearing. Yeah, yeah. it's like the the Congress people just that's one issue, one 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 area they just don't know as much about. Mm-hmm. It's um, well, I mean, with with WhatsApp and like that that was uh, the FTC came out after uh, they sued Facebook in 2020. That they would diffuse uh, Facebook through WhatsApp and Instagram and a couple other smaller firms in the social media landscape, but Alex does make a really good point that um, if we if we do antitrust, uh, this is kind of a both sides of the coin that you're set back for like the five to ten years. You know, like the same the same thing happened with the oil companies. Um, kind of with FDR, you know, he kind of got paced as, you know, the New Deal was this great mover of economic mobility and everything, but we kind of became a really stagnant uh, economy. We only saw like 2 or 3% growth like every year, which I mean is great now under Joe Biden, uh, <laughs> roasted, but, uh, but you know, it's not like the, it's not like the, 
the five, six, or even, or even like double digit numbers we saw, you know, during the 1980s and the 1990s of like mm-hmm. golden age. But I also think we need to be thinking more ethically too, because I also want to touch on this. Um, we see that, you know, in the, in the 1940s, uh, CEO to worker pay was 30 to one. Now it's 300 to one, uh, in America. And whether, you know, you think, uh, that's good. We have more capital circulating. Uh, it just shows we're richer. It just shows that, you know, the average person in 1940, you know, they couldn't afford a refrigerator. Now they can. They could only afford, like, a, you know, a cheap, like, plastic, like, TV set. Now they can afford a nice, like, LED, you know, flat screen. Uh, it just kind of shows that, um, look, I'm, look, at, look, I'll come out and say it at the end of the day, I'm for, like, neoliberalism and deregulating over, like, trying to build a protectionist economy. But sometimes we have to like go back and we have to reel it in. And we also talk about this too in foreign policy in China, but I also think that we need to realize like how ethically are we making our stuff. And you know, I I think it's a I think it's a good problem to have because look, we have all this great wealth. Now we get to, you know, spend it in more ethical ways and we get to invest better on through we kind of you know danced with the devil in in corporations and now we get to you know kind of control where we get to spend our money and where we want to put outputs when it comes to green energy um you know the nuclear the breakthrough in science that just happened with the fission um the fission bonding so um i don't know i think i think it's a good problem to have that now we're like oh we're way too wealthy now we have to break up these companies um what what else did i write oh um record profits, you know, um, something, oh yeah, um, so definitely something too when we talk about big tech is a left-wing bias, uh, I definitely think, you know, we, <laughs> if you, if you saw our premium episode, uh, we totally, uh, disagreed on this, I don't know, uh, we're gonna have another episode probably on free speech or maybe this Sunday we'll rehash it out, um, but, um, duel to the death, yeah, duel to the death, but, uh, Hey, the Twitter blackouts, like, it's been shown that conservative voices have been, like, um, put on, put on shadow ban, and it's, it's been shown, uh, it's, it's unfair, and, you know, that's a dub for my conservative listener, so whoever is out there yeah. and is loving that dub, you know, you get to dance on it, um, I recommend, I, I recognize your hardships in social media, and that's why I support Truth Social, another free speech, um, but, uh, what do, you, do, what do you think? Um, what, do, what do I... I mean, we're not going to get into this. Because it's like... Look, where was big tech invented? Silicon Valley. Right in California. Right outside of San yeah. Francisco. You yeah. Know, that's 70, 80% liberal. Um, it's just, you know... Look at, look at where the Wall Street stock exchange is. Like New York City. Like, of, of course. There's going to be... It's not even... Well, it is, it is like culturally liberal because if you're someone who has more right-wing beliefs when it comes to abortion or LGBTQ rights, um, you're just not going to side with them at the end of the day. But it's also to this liberal world order of like deregulation and global markets and um, free trade. So that's kind of triumph too in uh, Silicon Valley and, in, and on Wall Street, uh, definitely. But mm-hmm. uh, did you want to say anything? Well, I... I don't want to get into the uh, the free speech thing right now because we're, we're we're trying to stay on topic here. Uh, but but what I will say about the, the I, I also acknowledge that big big tech does have a left wing bias. I mean, I, like obviously, like Facebook, 
uh, Snapchat, like social media and also like big tech, like uh, Microsoft, Apple, that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> but I, I would posit this to you. And, and I'm curious what your perspective is, is if, if you think that the country as a whole um, was less uh, inclined towards uh, and, and their consumer base was less inclined towards things like uh, LGBTQ rights, uh, abortion choice for people like if if the the mass of the populace was more right-leaning don't do you think those corporations would also right. adopt those because no, i think that i think you're right in that, yeah that they it's not like it's not like these corporations believe in it oh no it's it's pandering black, black lives are like you, you know or you know black lives matter or you know they change their profile yeah. picture to yeah, the gay yeah. pride flag every Ukrainian turn. flag, yeah. It's yeah. because it's in, and it's because it's they do studies in their boardrooms, and it's shown that it it will increase their profits. Um, but I also I also do think that uh, conservatives like raise the argument when it comes to social media, when it comes to kind of these things that you know only like really in real term numbers, like on Twitter, like ten percent of the people in the real world are actually on Twitter and they're dominating discourse. And then disproportionately younger people are going on there and they're seeing, you know, debates between, you know, socialists and Democrats instead of like Democrats versus right. Republicans. And well, the, the framing has completely shifted. And that's why, and that's why they're alarmist when they see, you know, Gen Z coming out like 60, 40, 70, 30 in favor of Democrats when, they, their side has been demonized and hasn't been shown the correct light of day and the right points on it. So, and I think that's a fair case to make. And I also think that, you know, the guy, the guy who owned Twitter before Elon was a liberal, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. Like, these people are center-left at best, I'd say. But it still, like, does have an impact compared to if the government owned it. And then, you know, if, if we had, if, if, you know, if, because... That's the thing with corporations, you know, there's less fact-checking, there's less, you know, there's, in my opinion, there's less, um, you know, there's less, um, oh, God, what is, what is like, the, there's less standards, there's less, you know, um, kind of uh, prestige. Less oversight. You know? Yeah, less oversight, yeah. There's just less, there's less um, care about society. So, mm. Like, even some people who work at PBS, before they can run a story, they have to cite, like, five different sources. You think you think that's the same on Twitter? Like, they can just slap up anything they want up there. It's a lot easier to spread disinformation on this platform than it is on a government site. So, but then that's also the trade-off, too. That's why I think it's a little hypocritical when conservatives aren't in favor of government um, media sites. Because... That's that's inherently the problem is the corporations because they're owned by more liberal leaning figures so they have that freedom of speech right know? and yeah. and and I'd like to bring up bring up Elon Musk again I mean on Twitter ever since he's got it you've seen Twitter start leaning and and the and Twitter started leaning more right wing yeah. and the things Elon tweets and so I think that that in particular has made it obvious that <clears throat> uh, the social media the, the bias of it depends a lot on who's running it. Yeah. It's not inherently that all tech companies are leftist. It's you know it's who's running it, and yeah, I think that the, that I mean I'm I'm not a huge Elon Musk fan, but I think that a lot of the the a lot of the outrage towards him is probably just because he has right wing points of view. Yeah, especially from the liberal left. Definitely, and I think here's another thing we wanted to touch on. We might have to rename this episode the antitrust slash big tech 
show because <laughs> I was watching that uh, hearing that I told you guys to go check out. Make sure you listen to it after the show. But um, the testimony made by one of these uh, Amazon beta managers, he left the company after 2019. Uh, you, you're well aware with, you know, when you sign up for Amazon, you know, there's a term of service. Uh, no one reads it. You just press the check mark uh, because it's Amazon and you have unlimited access to hundreds of thousands of items for much cheaper prices and you don't have to leave your home and you can buy them and they're there in two days and it's awesome. And the problem with um, <laughs> the problem with uh, how efficiently you get your packages, uh, how Amazon knows what you want is because they have so much of your data. And um, so this uh, data manager for Amazon said that um, it's, it's literally a candy shop that um, Amazon employees have. Uh, thank God no one has violated it. But if it ever got into the hands of the wrong person, which it has before and it will again, people have been hacked. Um, you know, Amazon, <laughs> other, other companies too are notorious for this. Some of the big, you know, Google, you get Facebook. hacked all the time. You have Facebook. Um, it's just, it's an open breeding pool and it's kind of like an open surveillance state that these big tech companies are kind of ha having. So, I I mean, I don't know where, I, I, think, I think the fight is kind of, you know, I, that's, I think that's a huge problem and I think me and Alex can both agree on, but what's the trade-off of Amazon? What's the trade-off of breaking up Amazon? Like, I, I always like to think about it economically, but if, if we're trying to, you know, build a more, like, protectionist economy and trying to move away from China, are Americans willing to spend $20 on a book instead of 10 or $5? That's the questions we need to be asking. Then we have to raise pay for the, the poorest of Americans. But then if we raise pay, then inflation goes up, and then the central bank just gets to, you know, have its heyday again. There's mm. there's no winning argument if you're someone, you know, who is more protectionist and more against the world liberal order. So it's kind of it's kind of hard, you know, to have to, you know, be like a conservative and be like, oh, I don't want to pick winners and losers, when some would say Amazon has more control over the economy than the government does. And it's absolutely true. Because they have more expenditures in the e-commerce area than the government does. The government doesn't even have a hand in this process. We're at the whims of Amazon. They, there was like this crazy stat I read in a book that like, you know, of an average like family that makes like $60,000 a year, 30% of their income goes to Amazon, you know, and the government only gets 15 of it, 20% of it. So it's like, think about it. It adds up. That's <laughs> yeah, it's that's insane. And think of and this is also what I, I've been talking about this book, uh, post Corona from Crisis to Opportunity. Uh, Scott Galloway, he teaches at NYU. He keeps he keeps saying that those one thousand two hundred dollar checks, we should have had more stipulations on them because, because they went right you, to Amazon, right to Amazon, right, right to, to Walmart, right to right to. Right to all your streaming right to services. PS5, Netflix, right to Disney yeah. Plus, right to Microsoft, yeah. yeah, Sony, yeah. These companies that don't need them. So, you know, it's, and both parties just frankly don't care. Um, I really think Bernie is the only guy who kind of cares on. That's why he advocates for the living wage, because he knows that we need to divest away from some of these big businesses. But there's also a part of me, too, that's like, I love Amazon, I love Walmart. 
I don't want it to it's change. It's super convenient. You, know? you go online, you look up what you want. You find it right there. You order it. You know, on Amazon, you can find anything. And that's, to be frank, as a consumer, that's why a monopoly in some cases is, is, is great. Yeah, it's great. great. I go on Amazon. I search, I search for clothes. I search for food. I search for a game. I can find it. Right? And I'll get it from Amazon. I have my Amazon Prime subscription. I'm just going to get it with that same benefits. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, from a societal standpoint, Monopoly is, uh, uh, you know, not super great. But from a well, consumer you're standpoint... you're getting more bane for your buck, yeah, as a consumer. Consumer yeah. standpoint. Me as a consumer, I love going on Amazon. I love using my Amazon Prime, my Amazon gift card. You know, I, I buy stuff on Amazon probably at least once every two weeks. It's, you know, it's pretty yeah. regular. And a lot of people do that, like, like you said. And, Main Street for Donia. Like, are you going to buy the... F- the $60 Bills hoodie there, or are you going to get it for $30 on Amazon? Right. Are you going to, you go to Walmart and I've done this before. I see not Walmart, bad example, but like a clothes store, you see, you see something that you're like, Oh, I really like that. It's kind of expensive. So you go on Amazon and you see if you can find something similar, uh, something like that. And, and usually you can, and usually you're, you know, you're, you're taking, you're sending your money from, from where you might've given it to a small business and you're giving it to the largest corporation in the country yeah. so <laughs> i mean yeah there's there's, there's 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 and and to, to your point about um you know the 20 dollars for us from a smaller company or five dollars from a bigger company well I, th- I think especially right now with inflation a lot of americans are going to be more inclined to spend cheaper yeah. spend cheaper which yeah. is just making amazon just richer hurt, yeah. and killing small business even mm-hmm. since 2020 you've seen all these small businesses go down i mean even more so than they were already. I mean, you go through like a, a small town that used to be bustling, so many boarded up windows, so yeah, many for sale. It's 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 sad, but it's it's the reality we live in. If Walmart moves into your town, say goodbye to like a third of the local businesses, maybe more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'm, and um, what was I going to... Oh, like Amazon is already... That's another thing that the, this book was saying post-corona. Um Amazon is already going to make moves into healthcare. Uh, it's already made moves into grocery stores. You know, it acquired Whole Foods. Um, it's just, it's going to keep expanding and expanding. And uh, quite frankly, you know, um, these kind of, you know, to be quite frank, there's a two-party, you could make the case that there's a two-party duopoly on this. A uh, majority of Republicans and a slim majority of Democrats um, that, you know, want to just you know, don't want to see the government, you know, come in and do something, um, thinks that, you know, more laissez-faire, um, not even neoliberal, just like laissez-faire and that, you know, the, the government just shouldn't be interfering in this stuff and we should leave it up to corporations because they're going to do it more efficiently than the government. Um, they have more of a bottom line incentive than the government does. The government, you know, gets too lazy, too ethical. Um, it's just, you know, Amazon is going to be able to do it 10 times better than the government if we were to do Medicare for all, when Amazon could just, you know, provide that, um, that you know, um, CAT scan for um, $200 less than the insurance company. So why not just get Amazon Prime Health, you know, and then they sell it flat rate for 200 250 I mean, look, if, if it's cheaper, that's what you're looking for at the end of the day, right? But we... We on this podcast, we try to we try to think a level deeper. Um, what that means uh, when we um, 
when we're not doing trade with China anymore. And uh, that's like 40% of our trade um, that gets shut off. And, you know, we don't have access to those books or those clothes um, when kind of, you know, markets can become crippled uh, just like that. And mm. that's kind of that's kind of the game we're playing with at the end of the day. Um, so what else? Oh, um, then I also had it. It's voluntary, though. Uh, you, you sign it away to Amazon, you know, uh, the legal, the legalese, you know, they, they have your rights. Um, right. You didn't, you didn't read the 34 page terms of service yeah. agreement? <laughs> well, too bad. You missed it. I just yeah. wanted to say here, we were talking about, um, you know, people wouldn't want to change for Instagram. I just have a couple of interesting statistics. So, uh, 55% of the market share of cell phones is Apple. Um, um, Microsoft uh, is 50% of the uh, managing software for offices, uh, for schools, and you can guess where the other 50% is, uh, Google. So you literally what? got no two. <laughs> yeah, Never would have guessed that. Yeah, Quizlet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's the contender, yeah. <laughs> so um, then Windows is used by 76% of desktop providers. And everyone knows this one. Um, 92% of internet searches are done by Google. Um, so again, it's like Google. Like, you know, I'm never going to use DuckDuckGo. I'm never going to use Bing. Um, you could you could easily make the case that, you know, there's scarcity in some of these innovations. And that's why well, the market is the way it is. If I and, could interject I with mean, that. I mean, there's still room to innovate. I mean, there's still... When- Sorry to interrupt. I just I just want to say when you when you open up a computer, you go where there's Google Chrome and there's Microsoft. What is it? Edge now, and it's going to open up a search bar. Nobody's going to go to a different search engine. Nobody's ever going to download a different. I'd say ninety percent of people. And I'm just making this up. Ninety percent of people probably never download another search engine on any of their devices. Right. So they just use what's given to them, and I think that's part of the reason that they have such a monopoly. You know. Well, it's also too. I mean, it's the it's the advertisements, and it's also the search markets they have access to. Mm-hmm. They just have much more. Um, I kind of forgot the statistics, but I mean, you can just go and Google it. Um, yeah. You can see. Google you it. can Google like um, hey, the search markets uh, from Bing compared to Google. I mean, Google has all these, you know, Qatari, you know, search search markets. Uh, you know, China, like they're globalized across the world. Um, mm-hmm. They're just going to have more. Uh, I was also to YouTube has a 75% of the video share like uh, through like internet when streaming. That's when actually comes... kind of low. I would have expected so? it to be higher. Mm-hmm. Higher, yeah. Well, Vimeo, I guess, was oh, it? Yeah. it. Vimeo had like 15%. So Interesting. I mean, yeah. Um, then we had, uh, because of the all the oil companies got broken up, uh, Exxon is at 23%. That's the most. But then we also talked about there's vertical integration, which is where, um, for example, you take like Ford, uh, they they make all the parts in their factory um, pretty much to make the most profit out of their capital expenditures or them making the car to make the most profit. They make they make everything at home. So there's no middleman. uh, So the margins are much better um, for profit. So they make their own tire. They make their own rubber. you know they have the steel plants, the iron, you, you name it, all the all the stuff to make a car. They end up making more profit because they're vertically integrated instead of outsourcing stuff from other uh, locations. Um, but the thing we also need to protect against is horizontal integration, uh, and that's something that we see in gas companies uh, very much. Um, I 
I beg you to, you know, drive around your hometown and look at like 10 different gas stations and they're all within the same, you know, five to 10 cents of price. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to find the crazy, ideally in a capitalist system, right? People would have different, um, different, um, different access to different resources. Therefore, you know, um, the, the 10, the 10 providers would quickly, you know, turn into one and then that would become a monopoly. That's what corporations are working towards. But I think the government kind of, you know, dropped the ball when it came to horizontal integration. And now it's like, well, we have 10 different, you know, gas companies, 10 different car companies, but they all make the same looking cars. Right. And they're all marginally innovating because, you know, the companies are all working together. So it's so it's 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 like it, it is it's it, in some ways it's like a monopoly, but not really. It's a monopoly to the yeah. consumer, mm-hmm. but not a monopoly. really. Pretty much. And it's like. The thing is, too, it's like, well, they have to do this because the thing the thing uh, politicians have uh, gotten so great about is, you know, stopping businesses from closing. You know, oh, you want the worker to lose their job because you want this company to go out of business. Well, the company's not doing their damn job anymore. Oh, and if they lose, if they lose their company, look, the market, the market share, the consumer is still there, ideally. Right. Ah, it's it's a risky argument, but I mean, it's just it just seems that we're like preserving the status quo over and over and over again, yeah. and we're not thinking about the consumer. And I think some of some of our best moments in in um, in American history have been when we've kind of you know gone the way of the antitrust. You know, we kind of we broke up Windows in the 1990s to make way for Apple. Um, to come through and make the Macintosh, you know, and to further innovate to make the iPhone. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I mean, the thing is, though, that corporations have this, you know, Milton Friedman kind of way of thinking of maximizing their profits. So, of course, they're going to go to horizontal and vertical integration. But, um, you know, it's just it's just something that we don't have a lot of movement on. And I also wanted to touch on this real quick. Uh, nationalization of monopolies. So, for example, you think heat, energy, um, um, when it comes to cable, uh, stuff like that. For example, where we live, you know, Spectrum, everyone has Spectrum. There's like one or two, you know, cable providers. You know, their prices just keep going up and up. They never go down. You know, there's no market share. Um, so, it's just, you know, I mean, what are, what are you going to do about it? Uh, but, I anyway. mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I'm gonna march into the halls of Congress and be yeah. like, "You stop this right now!" <laughs> no, um, yeah, but a lot of crazy stuff there, and I think that I don't know if you were getting at this, but 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 when you're talking about like uh, corporations who you know they they can't handle themselves and they end up uh, kind of screwing themselves over, why are you bailing them out? Yeah. Why are you bailing them out? You saw what happened keep, now that we bailed them all out. Obama, you know, to keep to keep Ford alive, to keep the plants, to keep the workers going, to save their jobs, to save the American dream, to save our way of life. Uh, I don't know if I'm dog whistling there, but uh, it's just that's that's look that's that's what wins them votes at the end of the day. You could also say that's that's the poor incentive is that you know. The politicians are kind of scared to, you know, take big economic turns with the economy because we kind of just like, you know, living the way we are. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, not much will probably change. Not much. No. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, even Obama, he seemed like he was going to be this progressive candidate and whatever, and he wasn't. He was just another establishment Democrat type of figure. So, and and that's just just to get off of your point of of you know like we like how we live, and ultimately people probably aren't going to really be that you know. You know, uh, I didn't think I'd be defending Obama at this hour, but I mean, look, um, the the problem is with how how the parties work is that um, ultimately at the end of the day, someone um, there's easily a block of twenty thirty percent of the American population that is that is um, neoliberal when it comes to the capitalist way of thinking that believes in free markets and globalization and kind of like the the new world liberal order so um you have you have to have them in your coalition and quite frankly you have to win a majority of them if not all of them uh they basically tilt every election just like the young vote will but uh the thing is the young vote doesn't turn out as much as these older types that live on wall street and in the suburbs and outside that uh the democratic party needs to win and the republican party needs to win that's how Donald Trump won in 2016. That's how he lost in 2020. It's that's literally it. They they rule our politics at the end of the day, and um, <laughs> none of them want antitrust. Uh, let me <laughs> let me put it uh, that clear. Um, so it, look, I mean, it's kind of it's a kind of a false pretense to I think blame Obama over this. Um, I mean, it's just nothing. Nothing, nothing was ever going to get done on that front unless you, you know, have a realignment in American politics. And what the far right is going to realign with the far left just because, you know, we broke up Google. You know, I think it I think it's kind of crazy. Um, that's kind of the state that we're in is you have to make these coalitions. So and I also think, too, at the end of the day that, you know, he has to he has to keep Wall Street intact. He has to keep America intact. We're in competition with China, Russia. We're also in competition with the EU. We're also in competition with Canada at the end of the day. You know, when all when all shit hits the fan, you know, we, we can only be there for ourselves. We're Americans. Uh, at least that's America how I first. think. I, I don't know. This, this lefty over here might think a little different. But I think, you know, we have to protect our interests at home, you know, when it comes to that. And we have to, you know, protect wealth. Because they end up creating jobs, you know, at first instead of the workers. But that's, you know, that's that's me putting on the putting on the centrist hat. Yes, I don't know. As per think? usual. <laughs> but um, I, hey, look, you, you dance with the girl that brought you. I mean, look, it's just right now it's pretty good. We can we can wrap up this podcast and I can go get food from fifteen different fast food restaurants for probably I can the fill same up price. My tank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fill up your, fill up your tank beautiful. in 10 different gas stations. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Um, yeah. yeah I, it, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Look, I just wanted to bring up this last thing. Um, so I was reading this article from... Um, I actually forgot where it's from. Anyways, um, so this case against uh, whether Microsoft was abusing its uh, position as essentially a so-called non-coercive monopoly and uh, back back in the early 1990s or 2000. So a non-coercive monopoly uh, exists because brand loyalty and consumer apathy keeps people from searching from an alternative. Um, so I think a non-coercive monopoly can be applied to every company we've named in this podcast. Um, because, look, at the end of the day, we love Twitter, we love Facebook, we love 
Amazon. Mm. They're too much of the market share. Uh, Amazon accounts for 37% of e-commerce. Uh, I, <laughs> I, oh, how much? And not, not to mention the books, the book stats. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Can you mention so, that? so 65% of books and 75% of eBooks sold go through Amazon, Yeah. which that statistic alone is just crazy. It, that would be crazy alone for if Amazon was purely a, a book retailer, but Amazon is an everything retailer, <clears throat> right? So they, that's just that's just like the the old the old cartoon they'd use in the past of like a a corporation has an octopus with its tendrils around all these different countries and things. That's that's kind of what you're looking at with Amazon, <clears throat> is that it's this <clears throat> kind of a multi tendrilled entity that's got its arms and all sorts of different things. So I said Amazon was 37% of e-commerce. Do you know how much the e-commerce industry is worth? That's all online sales. In 2020, this is 2020, not even 22, it was 10 trillion. Could you imagine 37% of that? That's what? 3.7 uh, trillion? 3.7, yeah. <clears throat> so um, think about you know how much money is in the uh, United States government every year. How much, how much was that again? That's like... Um, I mean, this is this is before you know. Uh, this is uh, what is it? Net profit? Yeah. Before you know, they take away you know for personnel and you know company use and all that. But uh, you know, the U.S. government spends four point seven nine trillion. That was twenty twenty two. So that's yeah. like that's getting close. So yeah, it's like a trillion less, and that's also four point seven trillion for the government. That's net profit. That's and might I add, that's before, the U.S. Yeah. government. I mean, Amazon's dwarfing all these just, economies around the world. All the, yeah, all these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The U.S. is like what? Like the second, third? Is it the first? Is it the oh, it's, yeah, it's the richest. Yeah. It's the richest. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, so that's crazy. Yeah. So a Amazon could very well be, and I don't know this for sure, but it could very well be the second biggest economy. Yeah, and it could take over the U.S. government. We don't know yet. I, you've seen corporations. <laughs> you've seen corporations. The British East India Company. Uh, uh, United Fruit Company. I mean, we could go. We could dive into that. But so true. That's another episode yeah. there. Okay, well, I think... Um, we're good here to wrap it up. I just wanted to recommend uh, if you wanted to learn anything more about uh, antitrust, especially in America, uh, always look at uh, Sherman Antitrust, of course. Um, look at, you know, when it comes to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Truman. You can go on Google, uh, participate in the antitrust, you know, <laughs> exercise yourself. Just look up, you know, Truman Antitrust, FDR Antitrust. I'm sure there's great articles out there. I also recommend, uh, if you're more conservative, you know, look at Matt Stoller, look at Rachel Bovard, you know, they try to combat, you know, some of the biases in big tech when it comes to right wing and also being antitrust and also dispelling uh, libertarian myths if you lean more on that side. I also recommend uh, looking at Sefer Teachout. She uh, ran for lieutenant or attorney general in New York in 2018. And uh, she's a professor at Fordham, and she writes really great stuff about antitrust. Uh, another Bernie Sanders figure, uh, but she's writing about extensively, you know, what Biden could do to fix, you know, kind of if you believe in some of the core problems of, you know, the rigging of our economy and some of these corporations. So, right. And, and if I could add one more thing, is this is more of an idealist thing. But when you're when you're outside or when you're like going to the store or something, just just try to be conscious of how much of like 
one thing is all one corporation or how much you go to one certain store or something. I mean, you don't have to do anything about it, really. I'm just saying, like, try, try and think about it. That's and, true. And try to notice how much of what we do, you know, in our lives is... I mean, human rights and climate change is probably something we should be concerned about. Oh, I agree, you yeah. Think, you think that's something we can agree with? I think that <laughs> we might be able maybe, to reach maybe, an agreement on yeah, that. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'd have to talk about it. It might be something we might want to I think to climate change, about. it might be so, a problem. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not settled. So the next time, you know, you want to buy something on, you know, Amazon or Walmart, you know, just think about, uh, you know, not even sometimes, you know, even the thrift stores aren't even great. There's some, you know... Shop local. Support I mean, small businesses. That's what I say. Even if they're if you a can. failed business expenditure. Well, now I we're mean, popping up small. <laughs> I'm just saying. We could go back and forth all day. We, we, could, we, we could. We could. We could. But uh, yeah, at least try to curtail your. I think we both agree to try to curtail your spending even a little bit. Um, so, this has been another episode of the Understanding Politics podcast. We hope you enjoy. Um, Peace. See ya. Uh, we'll see ya.